Hello and welcome to another episode of the Point Forward Podcast. Big episode 69 with my guy PJ. Here to break down the Eastern and Western Conference Finals for all you guys. Thank you for tuning in. PJ, what's going on, man? It's going to be a pleasure-packed episode, folks. <laughs> I, I have no doubt that it will be. I'm excited. Everyone's getting some. I'm very excited. This is the going to be the most anti-DJ Khaled episode ever. Oh, what do you think about that whole thing? It's an interesting hill to die on. Yeah, so I didn't really see, I didn't really, or I, I maybe First I saw and I just don't remember, but I don't know who, I don't know how it even got released. Like I'm assuming someone asked it's, him. It's from the breakfast. It's from an interview you do at the Breakfast Club in 2014. There you go. Oh, just drudging up old interviews. Yeah, no one had a problem with it then, but now in woke 2018, people are. <laughs> Killing not having it. it but still really interesting thing to talk about mr be your best at all this that's oh the man's the king yeah yeah i don't really know <laughs> i don't really i don't know if i would necessarily want to go there it's not that kind of podcast but it, welcome to the point forward sex sex positive podcast yeah the, we're We've decided to rebrand, and rather than talk about NBA basketball, we're just going to hit strictly sex topics this week. Only sex. Uh, so no. So, lead with Draymond's dick pic. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, make sure to click the link in our podcast, because we'll have a link of it, link to it in there. Uh, okay, well, we are already off the rails, so that's good, but... Uh, let's uh, let's jump into the Eastern Conference Finals. Which speaking of things that are off the rails, yeah. So, not the start I was expecting, PJ. These Celtics, man, they're gonna do it to me a third time, aren't they? If if they went, beat the Cavs and then they were to beat the Warriors, I know I said this in their group chat, but I will be quitting this podcast devoting all of my time to starting a new church in which uh, we are the faith is believed that Brad Stevens is the second coming of Jesus Christ um, we will be going door to door with books in hand uh, similar to how the Mormons promote their religion um, but it will just be about Brad Stevens and we will just go by play by play of his top sideline out of bounds place um, so let's all hope we, I don't have to do that. I'd like to continue to do this podcast, but, um, the Cavaliers also are pretty trash looking. So I don't know what to decide if it's just the Celtics are playing really great defense or the Cavs that a lot of us thought were trash, but thought because they had LeBron would be good are just fucking trash and LeBron's done with this shit. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, you know, I was I was hell-bent on putting money on the Cavs going into Game 2. Because LeBron doesn't go down 2-0. Last just time he really... down 2-0 was to the 08 Celtics. In, in a non-finals? In the conference. Yeah, the, okay. Yeah, non-finals. And I'm not going to count this series over yet just because the Celtics haven't won a road game. It's still 2-0. The Cavs, like the Celtics, were actually a really good road team this year. They won 
they won one more game on the road than they did at home this year, so that's a little bit concerning if you're if you're the Cavs. But the Cavs were significantly better at home. They won 29 games. Uh, they won 29 games at home this year. They're 29 and 12, and on the road they were 21 and 20. So they're barely over 500. So that's encouraging if you're a Cavs fan because you got you're you're coming home. Momentum's certainly not on their side here, but you're hoping just by getting in your own marina, things kind of turn around. And if all of a sudden it goes to 2-1, I mean, I think that's going to go a long way for them. Obviously, if it's 3-0, no team's ever come back in the NBA from 3-3 three, three down. Oh, um, yeah, that ain't... The, thing, the whole thing with all this is that LeBron put in maximum effort in game two uh dude he wasn't right after he got hit in the face though it kind of flipped a little bit after he got hit he was coming he came out fucking i was like oh yeah this is this is but this shit's 40 42 12 and 10 yeah but he wasn't as aggressive after he got hit like i just don't know i think he might have been concussed i don't want to be because i'm gonna make a point later that's gonna be different and contradict this point, but I do think he was a little like shooken up from that hit to the face more than I think we maybe are used to his, him seeing him whenever he like right gets hit or like you know turns an ankle or shit like that. Right, and I, I don't know what the answer is for the Cavs outside of just getting more out of LeBron and getting more out of the role players that are getting minutes. Because in yeah, game two, Kyle Korver got you eleven points and shot forty percent from the line or from three. JR's that's really that's about what you'd expect. Jr. was terrible. Uh, um, George Hill was has been so bad through the first two games of this series. He was yeah. three points. I mean, this is just such a nothing stat line. Three points, two rebounds, one assist, and thirty three minutes in game two. You just like that's your starting point guard that you you're paying nineteen million dollars a year that you've traded for, and he's putting up stat lines that I honestly think that if we threw you out there tomorrow, you could probably put something up like that. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I'm I'm concerned. Dude, they're pretty bad. I mean, I just like yeah, I, I want to see what what happens when they go. Uh, back to Cleveland, like you said, Boston hasn't put this. Boston has played super well at home. They haven't been able to transfer it over on the road. Um, it'll be pretty wild if Joe Prunty is the only coach to say he was able to force Brad Stevens to a game seven at least. How <laughs> oh, this shit continues. Um, but yeah, like I just, I don't, I'm still not gonna panic. I mean, essentially, yeah, the Cavs have to win tomorrow. They don't, like, fuck them. Like, it'll be interesting to see LeBron's final game in Cleveland then for game four. <laughs> uh, but I, I think they're going to come come with something extra. I think you'll see the kind of flip of some of those role players on Cleveland all of a sudden shoot well. Uh, I wouldn't I, – I mean, if – if I were to make a prediction, I think you're going to see a similar start to the game that you saw in Game 2 from LeBron. and Just super aggressive. 
Yeah, and I, I think what you're going to end up seeing, though, too, and this has happened before. Like, he's having Miami. It's been other games, but it's just like, if it goes south, you'll see him get passive as fuck again. And it's just like, he'll make plays and get hit. He'll find the open guys and just like, as they're breaking shit, just be like, yep, this is what I got. Like, what the fuck else am I supposed to do? He'll make right. the right basketball play and shit like that. But, um, I'm, yeah, I, I just, I, I'll, I'll, I, like we've said, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm not going to jump off this. I'm not going to go against the LeBron uh, belief yet until he's until he's out, since he's done it seven straight times. Um, no, I, I'm not either, but to give the Celtics some credit here, Jalen Brown has been great through two games. Uh, just them in general – they're just playing really clean basketball. They're they're not turning the ball over much. Like a big reason why the Celtics ended up winning pretty handily is that they shot eighty five percent from the line to the Cavs fifty eight percent from the line, and they had five turnovers to the Cavaliers fifteen. Like I think that if you look at those two things, like if you're the Cavs and you can shoot eighty five percent of the line, you're within nine or so points, and then you turn the ball over ten times instead of fifteen, we're probably talking about a one or two possession game if that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they've really got to stop killing themselves, and that is something where LeBron needs to. I think he finished with seven turnovers in Game One. He had a great stat line in Game Two, and was a reason why they jumped out to a big lead. But he still had six turnovers. Like he needs to he needs to take care of the basketball a little better. And then Jeff Green was just how is this guy getting twenty eight minutes? I know that you need a wing to to go out there and be able to match up with Tatum and. Uh, Tatum and Jalen Brown, but I just don't think he's like put put Osman out there. Like Osman's not going to kill you like that. I guess he's I, not going to turn the ball over five times. I mean, I I don't know. I like I I think it's. <laughs> I mean, really, I think it just comes down to what four other dudes can at least play decently enough i mean i uh i mean i don't know about this but it's like almost like about <laughs> those guys i'm like oh, i should probably play well because like i'm contractually stuck here to like if we fuck this up lebron's gonna leave us and that would fucking suck like i, well, I mean, they well, almost, newsflash he, he's gonna leave not if they go to the final i don't think if they go to the finals he's gonna leave Oh, I think, if mean, they win, like, I think if they win the finals, he will stay. I think if they do not, there's he's not coming back. If they make it to the finals and lose, you think he's 100 percent out? Done. Wow, I don't, I don't. Think, I I think if they make it to the finals with this group, like he'll at least in that pick, like now they know. But PJ, at. if they if. Like, let's say, and we're going to get to the Warriors-Rockets in a second, obviously, here, but let's say they play the Warriors again. They would have lost three out of four years in a row against the Warriors. And the lineup, the the roster that they'd be bringing back, there's very little flexibility with it. The only piece that you're really going to be adding is this draft pick that they're going to have this summer. And, like, they might be, they could get lucky and get someone that is is impactful right away. But how big of an impact are we talking here? Like, if 
it better be like a, a great, def- like just the best version of a three and D guy to to help LeBron and take some or a playmaker that can that can step up where George Hill yeah. has been kind of lacking since being on the team and just be a playmaker and take the pressure off LeBron. But if you're LeBron, there are better options. If there were no better options, I would say LeBron is probably going to stay. But Philly can make cap room, and LA has cap room. And LeBron can opt in and get traded somewhere. And then it's just a matter of matching up salaries and throwing in a few draft picks to make it make it worth the Cavs' time. But I just don't yeah. see it happening. I mean, I think with that draft pick, it gives them the ability to move some of that salary and, and make something work. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, it's – I do – but I, I, I think at least if they make the finals – there's a chance he stays and uh, potentially like they'll try to make some work, but we'll see. We we're a long way from that still. They've got a, or we're a short way away from that if they end up losing on Saturday. I, yeah, I was I, gonna say when which we bitched about this last podcast, but what's going on with the scheduling? I think I mean this I'm okay. I, hmm. Seems like a pretty big gap though. Well, you're gonna have that when you stat like when you have the two the couple built-in off days and yeah, but the Cavs the Cavs could have been playing Friday. Yeah, yeah. The NBA is, that's probably those. a ratings thing. Yeah, well, no, they wanted to get a Sunday. I mean, I think they'd probably they just need to get that Sunday Sunday slot filled every week. Uh, right. But yeah, man, the cat. It's been pretty pretty disappointing and yeah the Celtics continue to be a goddamn anomaly so give me your prediction here what's gonna happen yeah I don't know I mean I said Cavs in six that looks pretty dumb now uh yeah if the Cavs are gonna come back you you're definitely thinking seven games at this point would have to be pretty much yeah I don't I mean hey I don't know I mean because well, I don't, yeah, I mean, yeah, I really, I just really don't know because I need to see this Cavs thing turn around. But I'm gonna say Cavs in seven. Fuck, I'm, I'm not gonna pre- said we're not going against LeBron. We're gonna say yeah, Cavs in seven. Take me on Boston. A, Take I don't have on. a good, I don't have a good feeling. Cavs and seven. I'm not going to doubt LeBron. I'm charged up. I'm talking myself into it as we're recording this. And okay, let's go. I think Boston's going to win the series, but we'll we'll see. I, I hope LeBron not, can make I will things not interesting. Doubt LeBron until I have to doubt LeBron. Okay, well, let's talk about the real series. Yeah, so this is fun. Uh, so we, you and I, didn't have a chance to talk. Uh, too much other than in our fun, which by the way, I, I was about to say our, our fun little gambling uh, group group message, but betting is link is legal. This is I mean I don't know I don't really know how it's gonna change what we've been doing, but that was my shout out that was yeah, early shout out. Shout out for gambling being legal. That was that was my shout. That's definitely that's gonna be that's gonna be. 
a thing in Illinois real real quick, I would imagine. Yeah, they already have a bill on the table. There's like a lot of incentive to get it done. DraftKings wants to open up an office in Chicago. Talking about that since like last year. Uh, yeah, the Chicago wants that ish. All these, all the corrupt politicians want to get their fingers in on this shit. Um, so yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, you know, hopefully they can just legalize sports gambling, legalize weed. Uh, you know, just get the all the good stuff, good stuff out there on the streets for us. For yeah, us I'm not sure if you're gonna have any money left, but. It would be oh, nice yeah, to have some will. options, right? Oh, hell's we'll figure. Yeah, we're just gonna be winning, winning left and right, baby. It's Trump's America, right. man. Everyone's winning. I hope you're right. Anyway, so gate after game one, the Warriors won, ended up winning by 13, and really had control for pretty much the entire game. Yeah, and you Rockets, saw Rockets decided Cl- to do ISO ball. Yeah, we'll Clay Clay had a great game with twenty eight points. KD was unbelievable. He was he's been unbelievable in game one and game and game two. Uh, Steph eight of eight of fifteen, pretty average tonight. Draymond uh, finishing with a very Draymond stat line of five points, nine rebounds, nine assists, two blocks, two steals. Uh, and honestly, James Harden finished the forty one in game one. Also had a pretty solid night. Chris Paul with. 23 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists. It's just they didn't get any contribution anywhere else. P.J. Tucker was nothing. Luke Mama Mute, 0 of 6 from the shoot or from the field. And uh, people like, what did you think after game one? Did you think the Rockets had any hope in game two? Yeah, I did. I mean, I'm pretty sure I said last I like I think Warriors in five. I still think Warriors in five. Yeah, I, you just you knew that the Rockets were going to get a game, and you weren't sure when. I thought they were going to get either this game or they were going to steal. Yeah, either game two or three. I thought they were going to probably take this game if I like was the one that realistically made sense, especially after because all the Warriors cared about was getting one against them here. They got it the first game and how they did it, and just like the fact that. Houston completely played outside of how they've played all year. Um, made me think, okay, game two it is, but like they're going to win game two. But then once you started watching it, man, I mean, there were so many moments where the Warriors were playing so bad, but they were just they were hanging in on it. And, yeah, I mean, KD is going to be able to score when, at will this series. Um Everyone else was, was struggling on the Warriors. Steph, Clay, no one else was able to really get much. They were just putting everything through uh, Kevin Durant. It's almost like they, like the two teams flipped game plan. So, like, all right, now you play your way. We'll try ISO ball and see if we can play, beat you guys with our, our Warriors version of ISO ball that you were doing with James Harden the game before. We'll try with KD. Um. But like so, yeah. During that game, like they're playing bad. Like they they were close enough, and the little run, every little run they made, the Rockets answered. And it was, I mean, we were talking during it, but I was like, I just was waiting for, okay, is it Steph or Clay? Who's gonna turn it on? Like who's gonna get hot and go along with uh, Kevin Durant? And then like, I thought they would win, and I was like, maybe they will sweep them, which would be crazy. Uh, didn't happen. I mean, it felt I, like they really wanted to. 
in yeah, last night? Like if if you're the Warriors, no, I just mean no, I mean like the war. It felt like the Warriors really wanted to sweep Houston. I don't know to just kind of shut everybody up. Um, if they did, they wouldn't have lost last night because this that team is like it, they checked out. Like it just was like no one was in it by the third quarter. You could just kind of tell midway through like they weren't able to turn that switch and it just was like all right well we'll get them back in the oracle and i think they will i mean but like as far as takeaways from these first two games i'm not shocked i'm not concerned i think the warriors are gonna win the next three um i think we'll get like game four, I think will probably be a little more competitive. I would not be surprised if the Warriors just smoke them on Sunday, and then when they play on Tuesday, it'd be a little more competitive in a closer game overall. Because, um, and you know, game five, then you know, back in Houston, I would hope it would be be close. Uh, but I, I would not be surprised if the Warriors blow them. Up. I mean. I think going looking forward to game three. Uh, I think Steph's finally going to get it going. Well, I think that's going to be – you're going to see early on them trying to get Steph looks, uh, setting a lot of screens for him. And I do have to say, so this is the point I wanted to make that I didn't – that was anti the part about LeBron having a head injury. I really got to have everyone <coughs> stop with the Steph Curry double on top – like two side you can't have it both ways in the Steph Curry like Twitter and Steph Curry fandom because like people last night were a lot of people were like oh you know he's that's not 100% his conditioning like yeah sure he's not 100% conditioning wise like, I think we could see that but he's still out there he didn't play very well last night he just had a bad game like they need him to play better I thought game one he was like Kind of took a back seat, but was really good at keeping the offense going and, and at least, you know, recognizing Katie was hot, getting him the ball, and was being aggressive, driving at least, even though the shot has not been falling. I think he's going to definitely put an emphasis. Like, he's going to want to hit a couple threes in that first quarter. And if he does that, I think it's. It's that's where and I, that's what I'm banking on. You're gonna see a little bit of a blowout uh, from the Warriors then, because if he gets a couple in there, KD keeps doing what he's doing this series. That crowd gets behind that team. Like I think it's gonna be a wrap for Game Three, and then it's really on. Will they do? Can they just keep that intensity up for two more games? Close this out, and then you know we'll we'll buy. You know we'll see how Saturday goes to know if. They'll be waiting for the Celtics, or they're uh, the Celtics be waiting for them, basically, or will they uh, wait and see who decides they want to win the East this year? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I do not think it's going to end up being in, in five. I could definitely, I definitely think that Houston, Houston's going to end up winning another game here. Really? I do. Yeah. I. I'm, I think that J- James Harden is just—he's playing great basketball. I don't, dude, they Chris don't really have—they don't really have a though. stop for him. I mean, Chris Paul's been Chris Paul's been better than Steph through two games, though. So. He, but he, dude, he looked—he was gimp, limpy and like, uh, 
I don't know, man. I mean, we'll see how he looks. But Say, he's, but then he's going to he have might not three, be. four days off. I, I think until – I'm yeah, assuming assuming Chris Paul is close to 100%, I think they're going to get another win. And they're going to – I do think they're going to end up having a game from Clint Capella that he's putting up, you know, 15 and 15. And they've done a pretty good job of neutralizing him so far. Yeah, I'm not – But no, I – their their best move, what they I mean, what they did really well in game two was just going after Curry on everything. I Golden State that's yeah. gonna be the one adjustment on defense. They have to figure out what they because they switch every screen. You know how do they try? They tried a few different ways to try to not get the switch, but the Houston was doing a really good job of forcing those switches and getting. Curry matched up on whomever they wanted to score that possession. Right, which is, hey, it, it, if you're the Rockets, I think that's a perfect strategy to try to get Steph working against Chris or working against James Harden or him stuck guarding Clint Capella on the roll. I think that's super smart. Uh, it's just, I, at some point, like, if Steph gets going on offense, they just can't hang with them. That's, that's right. really the problem. And you're not going to get, like, you had a few shots from Eric Gordon. They were just foolish in game yeah, two. Yeah, he was he. But yeah, all those PJ Tucker had twenty two points in game two. Like right, right, right. And and, and they ended up winning by twenty two. It's not like it was close. But I think that you're going to see the Warriors really step it up in game game three, game four. I think is going to be a dog fight. Uh, and then it's back in Houston, which you know it, it's possible that Houston would be able to even if they're down three run to get to get another win. Uh, but I agree with you. The the Warriors are going to end up end up winning this. They just they the Rockets Rockets just so clearly do not have an answer for Kevin Durant, and they've got nothing from Steph. But if Steph actually gets cooking a little bit in Game Three or Game Four while they're home, I think it's done. They can yeah. just carry that momentum in the playoffs. Because as soon as you get Steph going, and you have to start closing on him, it opens things up for Clay. It opens up driving lanes for Andre Iguodala, who's been you know he has not had a great start to the series either. No, and, they, uh, him, and, him and Draymond both been shooting terrible. Not that they're great shooters, but yeah, Houston's gonna let. Draymond I'm expecting. I'm expecting more out of a little more out of Draymond come this next one of the. I think you're gonna see a big Draymond performance either in game <laughs> three or four as well. Um, I think they're just their their emphasis is definitely gonna be we need to get Steph going. I won't. I, I'm expecting they're gonna have uh, Clay Thompson just kind of. They had Clay on uh, Chris Paul for a lot of the game, uh, both game one and two. I think he they might be using him more of like whoever's hot, kind of. All right, shut that shit down, and then you know next person take them out. Okay, now this you know whatever. However, Houston, I, I, that's at least what how I would utilize Clay on defense is, hey, man, we need you to shut whoever of their shooters gets hot. KD's going to neutralize Harden. And they just have to come up with a, some ways to, to help Steph and, and not let Houston continue to go at that because that's really been their most effective offense but I mean yeah Houston Houston played their game but I just and I don't necessarily think the Rockets had like their best game 
But I don't think the Warriors at any point had anything close to a, a game or a performance that we expect out of them. So from right, I, that's where I'm just um, and I I think the Warriors are just good enough that they, if they can turn that switch, they flip that switch like all right, cool, like let's fucking rock and roll, uh, and, and playing these next two games at home, I think that's gonna be all to their advantage. And if they go back to Houston th- down three one. I just don't see any reason the the Warriors are gonna want to play a sixth game with them. They're gonna that's when that's when you're gonna see like that what you're saying that motivation to sweep them. But I think that's where you're gonna have them expect, yeah, fuck this. Let's get them the fuck out of here. Everyone thought they were because in some ways I think if they can go six games with the Warriors, like it validates a lot of the takes people had. Um, and then you can you know do you know the knick-knack oh this their sister that goes that way like they're close enough i feel like the warriors want to shut that shit down Uh, i'm yeah this i'm like i like this series i feel like i have a super good read on and the complete opposite when it comes to the Cavs celtics i'm uh all in on this the warriors in five because i i just think we've we've seen enough of this to like know this is what's going to go down so this is a complete hypothetical here, but do you think it would even work if LeBron went to the Rockets next year? Like, let's say they end up losing to the Warriors in five games, like you're saying. Yeah. And the Rockets have the opportunity. Like, LeBron wants to come. Do you think that makes sense for like for assuming they're they're then obviously they're gonna re-sign Chris Paul, so it's gonna be the core of James Harden, Chris Paul, and LeBron James three super ball dominant guys could that even work yeah because i am a little i'm not sure i just i i love the idea of having two but one of those guys has to play off ball yeah james Hart. I, I i think chris paul and james figured it out like i think lebron's gonna be able to is gonna be a little more dom- yeah i mean but i think they because man to- i man i i just i keep keep thinking more and more that that could happen i think maybe yeah but the salaries the salaries, the salaries can the salaries can it works but yeah it, wouldn't clint capella have to walk though they'd have to look yeah well i mean they they realistically could if i'm the if i'm the Cavs, i would want he i think clint capella would have to be a part of that trade so they could have the rights to his restricted free agency um, Can you do that? I think so. I think that that's an option. The Cavs would... Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, but yes, I, I, I don't think there's any way. Their cap hit would just be too giant in 2018 if they didn't let Clint Capella I mean, walk. We're gonna, they would be so far into the luxury tax. Right. I know we're going to – I mean, we've got a whole time to talk about this LeBron shit. But, like, I mean, my just take is, like, if he makes the finals and his team, they can figure – yeah, they, they'll figure out some shit. They could, if they can make a trade work to, or a couple tra- – somehow get Paul George in Cleveland or – you know, I, I just think he would try to make something in Cleveland work. 
at least one more season. Man, just, you like, were just it all about him staying in Cleveland. I just, just I do not get it. it. Well, no, because my second point is that because it just there's not enough options outside of that. There's too many like other variables to like make some of these other spots work. I think the only other like situation or way you can convince me he's going to really leave is if you can find me a spot he can get him and Kawhi or him and Paul like him and I think he wants to play with Kawhi because then he doesn't have to worry about the guy that's the best at shutting him down you can just play with him uh I feel like yeah Yeah, LeBron to the Spurs is interesting too yeah you like even if he plays there only a couple you know whatever the case may be I, I almost like that better. Like I think they could try to make something work to get him down to San Antonio f- easier than everything they have to do to get him to sign with uh, Houston. Who but, knows if Kawhi even wants to play with LeBron, though. Maybe that would just make him want to walk, too. I think they do. I mean, no, dude. They're not Who doing, wouldn't? No one's, gonna, no one's doing any of this shit unless everyone's on the same page. Like, and right. why would Kawhi, why would anyone not want to? Play? I don't know though. Like, if if any if 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 there's one place that may not be the case, it might be in San Antonio, where it seems like the trust between Kawhi and the Spurs and vice versa just seems to have been. But what if he's just doing all that shit just to like, <laughs> yeah? I mean, make this uncertainty, all that. I don't think he's gonna walk away from the max, like his super max. Why else is he acting the way he is? That, that's a whole different thing. Let's move on to the the draft lottery. Which, oh, you think this whole season and all this pouting was just to get LeBron to come to San Antonio? Or make it like a case of like, yeah, get LeBron. What is LeBron the benefit to, of not playing LeBron to get LeBron there? Play. So he's rested up and ready to go when LeBron gets those. Oh, plays my. LeBron. That is foolish. There's no possible way that that would be the case. Why? He's just like him and LeBron's. Because he's beaten LeBron. He was he bested LeBron in a finals already. That's not that would not be his mentality. No, his mentality now is like, yeah, we got to take down this warrior shit. Let's do it together. So let me take this year off and let my quad rest up, and I'll let Lamarcus just wreck house, but get his ass kicked in the first round, and then I'll come back and everything will be fine. No, 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 no. Pop's not gonna be. Pop would not be chill with that whole thing, either. He could be playing along with it all. Like, also, the Spurs never would like publicly bash any of their players. So, dude, they're just doing. Yeah, they're. I don't know, man. Right, but I if th- all of this, if all of this was just some secret handshake deal, then I don't think that they would be bashing him in public. They didn't have to come out and say. The team that, like, might not know right now. The team, but I'm saying LeBron and Kyrie are in, not Kyrie and Kawhi might like kind of be talking and like. Kind of a yo, hey, wouldn't it be cool? Yeah, maybe we do this. All right, we we are so down the rabbit hole with this. Let's talk about the lottery, which Ah. I didn't have. I've had a I've had a you know a rooting interest in the last two years with the Timberwolves being you know up for a top five pick and a top ten pick last year. You got the Bulls that uh, were this close to getting the number two pick, and they didn't get it. And I'm sorry, that would have been nice. Yeah, fuck. One time I wish I was like, in the king's spot. Ugh. So this is kind of how she how things shaked out here. So 
Phoenix got the first pick, followed by Sacramento, Atlanta, Memphis, Dallas, Orlando, Chicago, Cleveland, getting that pick from Brooklyn, from the Celtics, uh, New York, Knicks, Philly, Charlotte, Clippers, Clippers, Denver, Washington, Phoenix, and now we're well out of the lottery there. So, uh, yeah, I no, no huge shakeups here. You know, the Philly did end up getting the pick from L.A., uh, so they're going to have another top 10 pick. That's kind of interesting for them. I'm curious as to what they're going to do this offseason. Not just because of all the LeBron stuff, but is Marco Fultz going to be available? Are they going to try to deal this 10 pick? What are they going to try to do? So uh, I think that pick is something to keep an eye on. Cleveland at number eight is obviously interesting. But really, PJ, I want to know what you want to do with at this pick in number seven. Or should I say, who do you want to slide to number mm. seven? Besides, give me someone other than Marvin Bagley here. Who else would you be happy to see fall there? Marvin Magley. <laughs> the fourth. Solid. Marvin Magley the fourth. He's an unknown commodity. Uh, I don't, I'm realizing I'm probably going to have to talk myself into Wendell Carter or Mobamba. <sighs> I don't know, man. Uh, maybe uh, Molly. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> How about Michael Porter? What if he fell there? Michael Porter makes me a little nervous. I mean, he might be there though. Hey, he's the best player in the draft, uh, apparently. According to him, yeah. I mean, fuck. I mean, yeah. I don't want Trey Young. Or what do you think about Miles Bridges? He's interesting. I mean, like, yeah, he's one of those guys, like, it's interesting. He'll be there. Because, uh, like, isn't isn't the goal that you'd have Laurie Markkinen playing some a lot of stretch five? Don't you want another four that's pretty versatile and that can they can provide some spacing? But They're hopefully not super help confident in him being a five, though. Well, I'm yeah. not. I think that you probably start him out there starting at the four, but... Guy bulks up a little bit. If you can get yeah, a, but I just don't know. He if could be the version of a unicorn if he if you play your cards right. I just don't know if his game gets that. Like I just I don't think they're projecting him to that. Like yeah, in theory, like on paper, yeah, you could say that. But I just don't know if they're they necessarily see that. Like as far as a long term plan, I. I mean, realistically, I'd want like another perimeter, like another yeah forward or. Or a rim protector. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I really haven't, like, looked too much. I mean, Wendell Carter, I think, is interesting. I think he's got more of a a pedigree to possibly be, like, a modern and like, big. I feel but, like you're just saying this because he's a big guy. Or because he's a dude guy. No, because he's got some nice... I mean, he's just super green still, and he did... There were a lot of moments he had this season where I... Uh, you would kind of shake his head, and he, would, he just looked like a kid. Uh, but I think as far as what you're going to get at seven, which is just, yeah, not the not the not what you best want. position. I mean, they did get Laurie well, at seven last year, so... Do you know what's really weird to uh, me, man? I don't really understand why there's so many big guys that are projected to go early in this draft. Because it seems to me like there are plenty of big guys that can that are fine. Like you can just plug in as your starting center or your backup center. 
and those guys are out there already. So why are you wasting a top ten pick if it's not like a transcendent talent at the center position? And when I'm talking about that, I'm thinking like I think DeAndre Aiden's worth it. Like I think that he could be like a I don't really have a great comp for him. I mean he's he yeah, is he's a monster. Very unique. He's a, be a unique talent. I don't know. I and, just don't and, think... and Mo Bamba just seems like he could be a great shot blocker. Yeah. Uh, and just give you consistent double doubles. Give you like just, a slightly this... better version of Clint Capella. But if you're not getting one of those two guys, why aren't you getting a wing? Like just go get go get a wing that you hope those... works out, and it's a great three and D guy. Those guys are are so valuable now. That might be how it shakes. I don't. I mean. Dude, this isn't a very deep. This, everyone's we all knew this is a very top-heavy draft. So, I mean, what you really do at that point is just kind of team-dependent on what you see when you work these guys out. Like what works right. for I, individual teams. I don't um, know. I I guess I'm just a little more optimistic around Miles and McCall. Uh, excuse me, McCall Bridges. Am I saying that correctly? I'm probably yeah. not. Yeah, uh, I like I like those. Mikel Bridges, I like I like those two. Like I I think if you get either of those guys at seven, that's pretty solid. Sure, I mean, you don't. I sound think it just happy. depends on the team. No, I mean I don't. There's a lot of these teams at the top though that need a rim protector, so that could use one if that they think that's the best player available. So I can't really hate on that idea. Um, I mean, personally, like I like the Wendell Carter piece is that he's actually like added a little bit of a jump shot so far. So like, not that he needs to be knocking down a ton of threes, but I'd like, like at least in my vision, I'd be like, I'd rather have a a, a center for the Bulls that's has a little bit of outside game. Like I'd rather get like a Marcus Saul type than a Clint Capella. I'd rather have. You know, something like that. But essentially, though, yeah, you need a guy that's going to just, like, set really great screens, suck up boards, be just like that, carry that middle. I mean, look at the money that guys like Steven Adams have gotten, um, what Clint Capella is going to get. Those dudes don't put up offensive numbers, but they do a shit ton of other stuff. Like, Rudy Gobert, like, these dudes don't put up a ton of like offensive stats, but they do so much for their teams defensively. They're getting they're getting paid for it, so like there is still value there. I don't think that's a. I think those big men being there is is not crazy, and it's just. But I I really think all of them have a lot they need to develop into. I don't think any of these guys are going to be huge impact players, ex- except for Aiden maybe, uh, first. You know, for their first season. Well, know, it's... The, uh, but you, the real you thing is... Be... Go ahead. No, I was going to... I mean, whatever you want. I was going to ask about Dongich and at going... Oh, yeah, that's that's what I was going to say, too, because it sounds like it's not a guarantee that Luka Doncich is going to be coming over. Uh, I think There's no is. guarantee that that's going to happen. I don't really under... Like, you're going to be the number one or number two pick. Like, why are you staying? I... I like don't. You're not, it's not jump change. If you, if you're drafted one or two, you're you know that's a seven seven eight million dollars no, a year. No, you yeah. He there's more comments that came out today. He was like, oh yeah, like I wouldn't. I don't have a preference on any team I'd play for. 
I think he's coming over, dude. I think that just was kind of like, oh, you know, it's not a guarantee yet, but it's just whatever. He's going to come over. You would think so. But, I mean, if I'm Phoenix, if I'm Phoenix, that's who I'm taking. I mean, you don't really have someone to distribute the ball. You think I don't Kevin see Booker's any reason to want to share that basketball? I mean, I don't, unless you're planning on making him your point guard, in which case, I mean, he's a small forward. So why, like, Luca? No, I'm can, saying just Devin Booker want to play off ball. Is he going to be down for that? <laughs> if I'm, I'm going to Devin Booker, and I'm saying, look, I mean, they have a ton of picks coming up. They're going to have a ton of cap room. I don't know, really know who they're going to try to make a run on You're after this offseason. You're making this, this sound season. like the Suns are a well-run organization. I'm talking rationally, yeah. But apparently they're going to make – okay, so my rationale here is, like, it just makes sense if they're going to try to give a max offer to Clint. You're who, you're not going to take DeAndre Ayton. Well, like, right, if they get him. But, yeah, if they don't, they don't get Capella, then maybe – I mean, I don't – Well, folks, we uh, I think the Suns heard us talking shit because both of our computers, we just, everything went down. The systems crashed. We didn't hold on to our butts, uh, so we lost a little audio. I got Ultra on a speakerphone right now. We were, might as well be, we might as well be doing this over a candle and pen and paper. Sorry, everyone, if uh, the... NBA lottery abruptly stopped, but we'll uh, we'll have plenty more to talk about as far as the lottery and the draft concern over the next month and a half or so. But uh, we'll be back with another episode this weekend or early next week. And thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you soon.